And welcome back to the Liberation Station Radio Show here on RBN every Sunday at 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern Time at publicbroadcasting.org. And the site is the liberationstation.com. We are streaming live on, well, not all the platforms this morning. There's been an issue. Uh, I'm not sure why Facebook isn't cooperating. Oh, welcome back. I'm sorry, folks. Uh, I think I, I had an audio issue there. Uh, we are back here, second and final hour Liberation Station radio show. And uh, we are in the chat room. Thanks for giving me the feedback there in the chat room on the listen slash archives page. That uh, some of the video streams are not working, but the ones that are Twitch, DLive, OnLive, and Kick, and Rumble. So glad Rumble's working because that's the one that yields the most views. Maybe it 200 views within 24 hours. Um, as I mentioned, the Truth Action Project campfire chat two days ago at truthactionproject.org. Go to the socials page if you want to check out check that out. It's posted on our uh, live streaming and our hosted video uh, platforms because there's those three platforms that do not allow streaming. So uh, we have to post them right afterwards, which we did, and Go to the socials page at truthactionproject.org to check that out. We got over a thousand uh, views within 24 hours. I saw last night, so I'm so glad to find that. And uh, we're off to a good start. Sign up for our events at uh, truthactionproject.org, and you can join in on the Zoom and join in the conversation, help build the community. And uh, we're also here syndicated on Republic Broadcasting Network every Sunday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Again, the chat room on the listen slash archives page at theliberationstation.com. And now we shall resume. I rewound a little bit from the clip uh, starting clip a little bit uh, before it left off at the end of the last hour of the last edition of the High Wire with Del Midtree. Jesse uh, Jeffrey Jackson is Jackson Report. Now talking about the mosquitoes that are released in California and in the Florida Keys. Okay, we're down here in the south. Um, I'm sure very humid. Some people probably saw some mosquitoes floating around here and there. Yep. Remember this when we covered it in 2020. Florida Keys released its 750 genetically modified mosquitoes. This was a test. That's the headline here. And this is uh, it, this is it, they were approved by the EPA to do this. This was a test. This was by a company called OxyTech. They were doing genetically modifying of mosquitoes. And what they were doing was they were, just as a side note, it's the female mosquitoes that bite. Those are the ones that draw blood. They need that for their offspring. Male mosquitoes are just kind of a nuisance. So what they did was they took, they basically put daughter-killing genes into these male mosquitoes. So when they bred, their offspring would be, it would basically doom the female generation. The males would go forward with that gene they would reproduce with females, doom that generation of females. So the idea was to get mostly male non-biting mosquitoes out there because the mosquito bite is how dengue and Zika and malaria, all these mosquito-borne illnesses, that was the idea. That's how these things transmit. Right. So that was such a good idea. In 2022, the EPA said, why don't you go ahead and just go uh, $2 billion more? We're going to raise you. So that's where the headline here is. California, millions of genetically modified mosquitoes may soon be buzzing in Florida and California. Here's why. So daughter-killing genes, mosquitoes are out there. But fortunately, during the, the trials, even before they released them in the U.S., they were doing trials in Brazil. And independent researchers started to follow them around and do their own research. And this is a fascinating paper here. So this, the, the, this is the science. The researchers started to look at what they found, uh, what really did carry forward. And the headline here, study on DNA spread by genetically modified mosquitoes prompts backlash. It says from 2013 to 2015, OxyTech released roughly 450,000 GM mosquitoes per week there, which the company reported reduced the overall mosquito population by 90%. 
Powell and his collaborators, those were the researchers, collected mosquitoes from several neighborhoods before, during, and in the three months after the trial. Within these populations, they estimated, now remember, 90% were not supposed to uh, survive. This is what they said. They estimated between 5 and 60% of the insects had some DNA from Oxitec strain in their genome, as much as 13% of the genome in one case. So you have up to 60% of these mutant offspring moving forward. And so to the exact, uh, it's not doing what they said, which is they are seeing procreation take place. These daughters that should have died are now having, mis you know, are... Yeah. creating eggs and we now have this mutant group that are carrying these right. these killer genes inside of them no idea what's going to and it is not wiping out the population but creating a superhero population that can overcome this. This is one of the concerns of, of some of the scientists, was it's creating a fitter mosquito, just like one of the concerns with the genetically modified salmon. You send these salmon out there, they're bigger, they're stronger, they're faster, they're going to have the advantage to mate, and they're going to overpopulate and overmate out the normal salmon. So that was a concern with the salmon, the genetically modified salmon. So this is wow. what was happening there. And so it's interesting. And uh, it, it, you, you have these mosquitoes out there, and the whole idea is to stop mosquito-borne illness. And we released them in California, released them in Florida Keys. And just a couple of years later, you start seeing headlines like this one. News right now. Right. Check it out. Officials are now reporting five confirmed cases of locally acquired malaria in Florida and Texas. Concerns are growing as this marks the first time we're seeing local transmission in the U.S. in two decades. The CDC is now warning doctors and public health officials to be on the lookout for more cases. Experts say it's bound to happen. How many times are we going to watch science create a solution to a problem we don't have, and then suddenly the problem arises right in the <laughs> middle of the solution. Right. I mean, I don't know what this means. I don't know if the, these genetically modified mosquitoes are causing this, but we are clearly messing with nature. And I just think, even if this thing worked perfectly, right, I would imagine a mosquito is just a base of a food chain for so much of our wildlife and the earth we live on. This idea that you would put something in that Basically, it looks like it's designed to wipe out all mosquitoes as we know it, if it actually worked. What does that do? What does that do to all, what other insects then are competing that now take over that space? Right. Just like we have those issues with bacteria, uh, viruses do the same thing. They start mutating and, and you get worse strains and mm -hmm. we're being held at bay by, the, by the, the lesser. All of these things is what I, you know, when I sit here thinking about it, I'm looking over right now, I'm looking at Libertarian Christian Institute, this idea of libertarianism and spirituality coming together we are messing with with god right. in so many ways this is science playing god and i'm sure there's a lot of people unfortunately in this country around the world who are great but the problem is this they there's just not that beautiful overseeing look that gets outside of the little microscope gets away from what you're trying to say and says wait a minute how does this affect all of god's children how does yeah. this affect every animal and plant on the, on the planet. That's the trial that needs to be done before these things are released out into the world. Right, and to say mosquitoes are not really important, I, I mean, they're, they're part of the hugest biomass for fish, migrating birds, turtles, amphibians. Right. And, and we, we look at, like, scientific hypocrisy here, because which is it? Are we going to shut down, like, the Netherlands are going to shut down the farming of their entire country because of, like, a white-breasted nuthatch needs to be saved from nitrogen off fertilizer? Right, but we are about that. We're going to take out the entire mosquito population in the U.S. Right. Uh, at, at the low part of the food chain and see what happens. So, you know, and we're not saying the malaria situation is is a consequence of this, but yeah, like you said, it's a very it's a coincidence. It's almost like uh, I don't know, a lab in Wuhan starts uh, studying bat coronaviruses, and all of a sudden there's an outbreak of bat coronaviruses. And then we need a vaccine strange. for you know, that we're supposed to be creating for that exact problem. Yeah, so amazing. Now let's let's jump into a topic here and finish up uh, with something we cover quite a bit here, and that's the CDC. Okay. Last uh, two weeks ago, we covered there was a new director, Dr. Mandy Cohen. She was from North Carolina. She's director of health there. We covered her kind of track record during the coronavirus response. A little bit of authoritarian, a little bit of uh, kind of just flip a coin and guess what kind of restrictions you want this week. Big kind of questions with her leadership skills. Now, she has been sworn in. So this week, she is now sworn in as the CDC director. Michelle Walensky is out. And she remember, she is taking the helm of an agency that has lost the integrity of the American people, yeah. lost the trust of the American people. She has a lot of work to do. And she is coming in right on the back of headlines like this. Check this out. CDC gives guidance for trans people quote, chest-feeding kids 
accused of failing to consider possible health risks. It says, in sections of the major health institute's guidance on breastfeeding, it, it considered, it, I'm sorry, it contained information for those who have had much of their breasts removed in gender reassignment surgeries or for biological men taking hormones to grow breasts on how to feed their newborn children. That is what the CDC is, uh, I guess, on the front burner for them as she, as Mandy Cohen. Top priority, in. let's make sure that men can breastfeed their children. Right. Okay. And now, this is going over to okay. the UK as well. This is not just, um, you know, a, a conversation topic here. It's a conversation topic in the UK. This is the article covering that. Um, it says here, how trans women use a powerful mix of hormone drugs and pumps to breastfeed babies. But how safe is it really and is it actually nearest a child? So this was a biological man. There was a picture in this article that um, a lot of people were talking about biological man identifies as a woman breastfeeding uh, their child so that is the picture right there now when you look into this article it really starts we can pick this apart because what do we see in here we see this 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 crossroads of the transgender community and the medical community in big pharma it's like this axis that comes in and this is what this article tells the story of so we look at these quotes in here it says it is unclear how many other trans women have been able to breastfeed since the first recorded case in the u.s in 2018 it says however whether this milk can sustain a newborn or has any long-term effects is unknown according to some experts some of which have called for further research beyond single case studies so again the science isn't there. We're talking case studies, experiments, if you will. So let's look at So people are probably saying, wait a minute, let's pump the brakes here. Hold on. How is this happening? Are they actually doing this, or is this just posing for a selfie? Well, they are. And like um, some of the, trans, uh, the, the transition drugs that are used for this community, these are drugs being used off-label, which means they're, they're drugs for one thing, but just turns out they also have this little side effect that's an advantage for some people to do this. So this is no different. So okay. we have a drug called Motilium. Motilium, we look at the package insert for this, don't have to go very far, it's right there in black and white. Let's check it out. It says here, it is best not to take motilium if you're breastfeeding. Okay, full stop. Wow. Nice, keep going. This is only the first sentence. Small amounts of motilium have been detected in breast milk. Well, that's a problem. Motilium may cause unwanted side effects affecting the heart in a breastfed baby. Motilium should be used dur during breastfeeding only if your physician considers this clearly necessary. So you know how you and I always talk about, look, if you're an adult, Take but what is this drug supposed to do? This is, this is uh, essentially it's an anti-anxiety drug. Um, it, it can help people if they have any problems with like vomiting, nauseousness. And it has a side effect that it can make you start lactating if you're a man. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. And so, um, you you have this you have this drug. What if anyone's anxious about that? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Side effect or an advantage depends where you're looking at it from. So. We, we look at this now, and let's look at that case report. So just keep that in mind, all right? You have this drug. It has these side effects, um, and you have, you know, some of these warnings on, on there. So we, we look at the, uh, the MHRA. The MHRA is this drug regulator in the U.K. If any adverse events come up, this drug regulator, regulator steps in and says, hold on, we found some issues. Let's update the label so doctors can give informed consent to their patients so people know what they're really dealing with. Well, they actually found some issues with this drug beyond what we just talked about. So let's look what they're, what they're saying. This is now the new guidance here. And it says here, the following advice is given by the U.S. Drugs in Lactation Advisory Services. They're saying now a maternal daily dose of 30 milligrams of domperidone. Now, that's the actual drug. Motilium is the, the marketed name, but dom, okay. we're talking about the same drug here. So they're Don Perignon. Don Perignon, okay. yeah. Got <laughs> so it. Only right. 30 milligrams. Right. 30 milligrams. <laughs> Don't drive after 30 okay. milligrams. <laughs> so we have 30 milligrams, and it should not be exceeded. That's what right. they're saying. And they're also saying you shouldn't take it for more than a week. Okay. That's it. So 30 milligrams max, not more than a week. Now, let's look at the case studies. So they're saying all we have here is a few case studies to look at when we're talking about this kind of brave new world. So let's look at that case study, a 2018 case study out of Canada. And we look right in here. It says um, case report induced lactations in a transgender woman. And we start to go in here and talks about the, the details of it. It says the patient obtained Domperidone from Canada, an anti-emetic used off-label as a galactagogue internationally. The patient was starting on Domperidome, 10 milligrams potid. That's 10 milligrams three times a day, 30 milligrams total. Right. You're already maxed out there. So this doctor right. said, let's just put the pedal to the metal right off the bat. Let's just max it out. Cool. So 
no big deal. All right, so you're, you're maxed out. You're still in the safe limit. But now let's keep reading in this case report. It okay. says here, the patient's first follow-up visit occurred at one month. Wait a minute. You've been doing it for a month? I thought it was only supposed to happen for a week, but let's keep reading. On physical examination, she was able to express droplets of milk. The domperidone dose was increased to 20 milligrams per quid. So now we have 20, 40, 60 milligrams a Double day. Double the dose every day. Double dose every uh, day. Max dose. Max dose. Right. So, okay, now we might be in some controversial territory if you're a doctor, but you know, hopefully it's only for a month, right? Unfortunately, let's keep reading. This is in the case report. It says here, as at the time of this article submission, the baby is approaching six months. The patient continues to breastfeed as a supplemental, as a supplement to formula feeding, and she continues to adhere to the medication regime described earlier. So this person's doing it for six months, 60 milligrams a day. Six months. They're breaking wow. all of the rules. But we have a case study. We have any, you know, can we have anything in the scientific literature to inform us to go forward into this uncharted territory? This is it. This is what they're talking about. And that's what they've done. This is what they're doing. So the CDC, despite all the only little tiny bit of evidence we have, is now recommending to practitioners and trans people, you want to take these drugs so that you can breastfeed. Well, you know what I find amazing about this story is I think it was just a couple of years ago, we were covering the fact that the CDC, the FDA, and I think even the WHO were really trying to cut, you know, cut down on this idea of breastfeeding being natural. It's unfair to those women that can't breastfeed and to call it natural. I think here's some of the headlines. Are there unintended consequences to calling breastfeeding natural? They said it was the gateway to other things that might, people might think are natural, like vitamins. We need to stop calling breastfeeding natural. There was an entire attack on breastfeeding. So I find myself conflicted with the story because we've come full circle, I guess. Now we're back to how important breastfeeding is. It's so important that we're normalizing men breastfeeding. Right. I, I don't know where this leads to, but what, you know, and, and there'll be people that are going to attack the show saying that somehow we have a, a problem with trans. I really don't. I mean, what we've said over and over again, you know, what adults decide to do with their body, it is a free country. I think here, most people in the middle of this conference would agree, you know, live and let live. But we're talking about children here. We're talking about innocent children. If there's one job the CDC should have, it should be to make sure that children are being protected from being poisoned. And we know that there are side effects that can affect the hearts of these babies. And when the CDC goes out and promotes a product, with no long-term science, so few case studies to even know what's going on and not caring about the baby. More important for the mental health of this person, this man that wants to breastfeed, we're more focused on that than the future of our, of our world, which is our children. I think it's clearly a demonstration of how out of balance and out of touch the CDC is with the goals of most people in America and the world. Yeah. And, and let's talk about the importance. We're talking about freedom of choice, but something just happened in the realm of freedom of speech that has resonated throughout this country like a bell. So the Biden administration has just received a preliminary injunction from a judge to stop basically contacting social media companies. This is out of Reuters here. And this happened on July 4th. Here wow. is the headline. U.S. judge restricts Biden officials from contact with social media firms. Preliminary injunction forbid the Biden administration and agencies from essentially colluding with big tech. This is Missouri versus Biden, the ruling. This was the attorneys generals in Missouri and Louisiana. And what they did was they also were joined by people like Martin Koldorf, Jay Bhattacharya. These are the signatories of the Great Barrington Declaration. Wow. Yeah. And they pushed forward this, this lawsuit, and it has received a, a, a you know, preliminary injunction. Preliminary you know, injunction. this is such an important story for what we do here because, as you know, we lost our Facebook channel because mm -hmm. of this. We lost our YouTube channel, which is how we started doing this. That was our broadcast space. Luckily, we saw the writing on the wall. We had been transferring people over to the highwire.com. And as it turns out, people were capable of typing in the highwire.com, and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we went from hundreds of thousands to millions of people checking in. But, you know, we have had our own lawyer, which does so much of the work we do, Aaron Siri, fighting that case for us. Actually, wait a minute, we have Aaron here today. What Is are we even doing here? Why don't we why have this conversation? Let's get Aaron here to have the conversation. If you don't know who Aaron Siri is, then this is the master of our legal team.
Joining us now is Aaron Siri. Aaron Siri. Aaron Siri has led several high-profile lawsuits against vaccine manufacturers and federal health agencies. Aaron, you have been fighting for information from the FDA. He's the guy that has been asking Pfizer to release the COVID-19 vaccine data. The judge today correctly ruled that the San Diego School District does not have the authority to require COVID-19 vaccine of its students. We sent this letter to the FDA, CDC, and NIH, detailing catastrophic injuries from COVID-19 vaccines. This summer, we formally petitioned the CDC, demanding that they support their position that those that have natural immunity cannot afford the same liberties that the CDC says that those who have vaccine immunities can have. We do intend to follow a lawsuit on behalf of our client, the Informed Consent Action Network. Did the clinical trials rule out that the vaccine causes all? No. living in a world the likes of which we've never perceived any clearer than we do now. The plan for global governance has been in the works for generations and would have likely been achieved by now but for the fact that the globalists left open their Achilles heel. With all their tools, Federal Reserve System, fiat currency, no child left behind and then common core education introduced to our schools to dumb us down, vaccines, pharmaceuticals to lobotomize us, GMO foods, insertion of compromised or bought and paid for politicians, judges, mainstream media propaganda, all pieced together like a puzzle designed to ultimately bring the world under submission. But with all their strategy, they forgot one thing, knowledge. And knowledge is power. With knowledge, their bombardment is nullified. Folks, with that, as brilliant and knowledgeable as you've become, among the wisest audience of any radio audience in the world, and you are, I want you to take a moment to reflect and ask yourself, how much of that knowledge did I obtain from Republic Broadcasting Network? How high has my consciousness been raised since I've been a listener? How fast am I now able to discriminate truth from fake news by being a Republic Broadcasting listener? How clear am I now able to see the world since I've been listening to RBN? Ask yourselves those questions, folks. Then ask yourself, what is that knowledge worth to me? Like my morning coffee, how would I survive without it? A voice of truth and a sea of lies. Do we not all need to make sure it survives? Like public broadcasting, we are now finding we can only survive with listener support. Censorship, advertisers being attacked, truth itself being attacked. It's the only way through this. We at Republic Broadcasting humbly ask you to become a supporter. Look at your budget and make a determination of what Republic Broadcasting is worth to you and what you can afford on a monthly basis. Go to republicbroadcasting.org and pledge 20, 30, 40, 50, if possible, 100 a month or more if it's affordable. Click the Donate button and become a regular monthly donor. Assure both us and yourself that Republic Broadcasting Truth will continue to flow like that morning coffee. The network thanks you. Antelope Hill Publishing is America's leading publisher of dissident books, bringing you a wide variety of new translations and original works on every subject, from the funding behind the transgender movement to first-hand memoirs of World War II previously inaccessible to English-speaking audiences. We publish books that mainstream publishers won't touch, full of information that challenges the political status quo. Whether you count yourself as a political dissident, student of history, connoisseur of philosophy, or enthusiast of exciting and thought-provoking fiction, you owe it to yourself to check out our catalog. With exclusive offerings like The Transgender Industrial Complex, Solzhenitsyn and the Right, The Open Society Playbook, Opioids for the Masses, and many more, there's something for everyone, and new titles are added every month. Check out our catalog today at antelopehillpublishing.com and use code RBNREADERS2023 for 10% off your order. That's RBNREADERS2023 at antelopehillpublishing.com. I'm such an angel of righteousness. 
Station Radio Show. We are back uh, live with you. One little victory that Attorney Aaron Siri was just talking about. We will now resume and uh, pick up where we left off, uh, outlining some don't of don't know whether um, victories in the past, uh, like uh, cross-examining Stanley Plotkin, Godfather of Vaccine Studies. So we will pick that right up where we left. Uh, back, I've rewinded just a few seconds. ...of our client, the Informed Consent Action Network. Did the clinical trials rule out that the vaccine causes autism? No. If you don't know whether DTaP or Tdap cause autism, shouldn't you wait until you have the science to support that vaccines do not cause autism? No, I do not wait. There has been no check on vaccines. There's no moneyed interest, if you will. Pushing back on pharmaceutical companies. Why did it take numerous legal demands, multiple appeals, two lawsuits, in fact, before the CDC finally handed over the V-Safe data? When we finally had that data, you got a sense of why they didn't want the public to have it. Because it showed a little bit over 10 million reported needing medical care after a COVID-19 vaccine. That's how many individual users in the first week or so after vaccination, being a doctor, emergency room or hospitalization it should not be that any physician should have to quote unquote risk it all just to advocate for their patients think about this business model you have a vaccine you can't be sued for harms you have a guaranteed market because kids are required to get it for school and your health agencies promote it for you if you want to secure your civil and individual rights you need to act yourselves because if you don't do it who will all right. Well, Aaron, this is actually Jeffrey. I don't think we've ever all sort of sat on a stage together. So this is a an amazing historic moment here. Yeah, I've got the power of our legal department for I can and the, the machine of our investigative team all together. So it's, it's quite a moment. And, and I think it's perfect for this moment because really this this lawsuit that was filed by Missouri and these AGs to get the government out of control of social media, this is a case, we actually brought a case similar to this, right? Our argument was, you know, because I think one of the things we have to think about, that Facebook or Twitter, these are private companies. They have, we talked about, they have a right to free speech. We shouldn't be telling them what they have to air or that they have to play our show. That would go against everything we believe in freedom. But our argument at the time was that it's not them making the choice. It's the government that is forcing their will upon these um, free agencies, if you will. They should be allowed to make a choice, and they're being pressured by the government. Our case really didn't make it through because they were like, you can't prove that the government's behind this, right? We didn't have evidence that they were really coming after me in the high wire. Yeah, the, um, there are numerous lawsuits filed across the country by many organizations for the censorship that Facebook and other private social media companies uh, you know, did, kicking them off platforms, putting labels on things that they said, um, and what the courts roundly held. I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Real news, real talk, real people. Because you can handle the truth. Here at Republic Broadcasting Network, we have been building our online store. Well, we have been focusing on bringing you the best talk show host in the country. Here at Republic Broadcasting Network, we also want our listeners to have products they can use every day and in times of emergency. We have added new products each week to our store. Your support of this network, plus products at the best prices, is a win-win situation. Check out our new store. Go to our website, republicbroadcasting.org, and click on the online store located at the top of our website. Together, we can continue to grow RBN and help our listeners prepare for the future. Go to republicbroadcasting.org and click on our online store or call us. 800-724-2719, extension 3. 800-724-2719, extension 3. Have you been looking for a trusted long-term storable food company? We have a solution for you. 
Simply Clean Foods is dedicated to providing the best quality food you can buy next to fresh from a farmer's market. Our line of resealable fruits, vegetables, and meats are suitable for everyday use, and you won't have to worry about throwing away valuable groceries ever again. Our food is completely GMO-free, and our stringent quality controls, plus testing for heavy metals, makes us unique in the storable foods market. Simply Clean Foods' primary focus is to bring clean food to people all around the world and change the way we look at freeze-dried food in our daily cooking. When you purchase from Simply Clean Foods, not only will you be receiving high-quality food, but you will also be supporting veterans in need across the country and those who are affected by natural disasters. Go to republicbroadcasting.org and click on Long-Term Food Storage in the Rotating Sponsors banners to support RBN. Simply Clean Foods. Do it today. Don't become dependent on the medical system. Get and stay healthy naturally with Extendivite. Metals in the liver cause peroxides to get dumped into the bloodstream. Peroxides do more damage than free radicals to the arteries, and the LDL has no protection from peroxides, causing the LDL to get stuck in the arteries, creating a potential blockage. Extendivite slowly chelates the metals away from the liver so it can dispose of what was meant to be a harmless process, peroxide. Extendivite 7 Herbs has a job to strengthen the organs and circulatory highway. Can you afford a heart attack? Extendivite is available in capsule or liquid form for just $69.95 for a two-month supply. To get started, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your And we're back here on Liberation Station Radio Show, and we will resume with a clip that we were just playing of attorney Aaron Siri on the last edition of The High Wire, thehighwire.com, with Dell Victory, July 13th, 2023. Um, and what the courts roundly held was it's not good enough to show that the government kind of encouraged or pushed these companies to censor generally in that category. You have to show, the judges said pretty much uniformly, that there is evidence that the government specifically asked the social media company to censor you, plaintiff, you, the person or entity bringing that case. That obviously is quite difficult to be able to prove in the when you first bring a case, yeah, you have no discovery. You don't, you don't have, no that, way, like, you don't have like, that proof, right? So, in in our situation with the high wire, for example, we didn't have direct email saying where you know President Biden was saying, "Hey, that guy, Big Tree, right? Get him out, right? Right? We don't have that. We didn't have that. You well, know we did have at the time. I remember one of the big things was Adam Schiff wrote a letter to Amazon mm-hmm. saying, "Take down books and movies that have to do with vaccine." risks or harms vax the film i made got taken down so we saw this direct reaction right we saw you know statements to different social media but we couldn't they weren't saying our name right Right. and so that was such a big part of it so then why what is it about this case is it because it's not a civil private case that is is being brought uh, by attorney generals and has put it in this position where now we are 
Or is it the Twitter files that came out? I mean, is that, is that what's playing in here, too? Uh, I'd say the major difference between all those other lawsuits, which were all brought on behalf of singular individuals or entities, private ent entities, and the currency that you guys were talking about a few minutes ago, um, Missouri versus Biden, is that in Missouri versus Biden, there were two states, Missouri and uh, uh, Louisiana, that are actually plaintiffs. The whole the state themselves are plaintiffs. So every citizen of the state is a plaintiff. And the AGs are representing. So that takes it into a whole different space. They were able to bring the case not only on, on that, uh, from that footing, but also using uh, a different set of laws than uh, private litigants would be able to essentially rely upon when they bring that kind of case against the uh, social media companies. And, I, and I, I think it's worth stressing, again, they're private companies. Just like we all want freedom, yeah. they're private companies, they're entitled to freedom too. They should have the freedom to make decisions what is on their platform, what they don't want on their platform. But left to their own devices, social media companies are there to get more eyeballs, more viewers, make money. Not, not, They're not kicking anybody off left to their own devices. Right. They want to make money. It goes against the very model that they exist. The market force of right. any sort of entrepreneurship whatsoever. As you said, but for, as we call it, the cats, you know, Paul, the government intervening with these companies, they wouldn't have engaged in censorship. And it took this suit, thankfully, and, and, a, and a big congratulations to the Attorney Generals of Missouri and uh, uh, Louisiana yeah. for bringing the suit, and, um, and and to the judge who wrote an incredible 155-page yeah, decision. What, what were some of the statements the judge made? Yeah, and you, when you think, for the public out there watching, we think, okay, the judge issues a preliminary injunction. Well, it's maybe just this black and white, you know, judge speak, you stop doing this, and therefore I have, it is told. The hammer goes down. No, no, no. Now, this judge, let's look at some of the actual words. He says over a 150-page decision. He says this. Although this case is still relatively young, and at this stage the court is only examining it in the terms of plaintiff's likelihood of success in the merits, the evidence produced thus far depicts an almost dystopian scenario during the COVID-19 pandemic and a period perhaps best characterized by widespread doubt and uncertainty, the United States government seems to have assumed the role similar to an Orwellian wow. Ministry of Truth. And it goes wow, on to say... from a judge saying that. It's, That's outrageous. It's from a judge saying that. Wow. And I, I'd say it's the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Finally. Yeah. yeah. Finally, it's being stated. And he goes further to point out to direct to the CDC here, and this is kind of our in, our in our wheelhouse. It says this about the CDC. The CDC became the determiner of truth for social media platforms, deciding whether COVID-19 statements made on social media were true or false. And the CDC was aware it had become the determiner of truth for social media platforms. If the CDC said in a statement the social media was false, it was suppressed in spite of alternative views. And then, Aaron, to your point, to the White House, where they were they were compelling these companies to do this. That says in here, the, the judge says this, the White House defendants made it very clear to social media companies what they wanted suppressed and what they wanted amplified. Faced with unrelenting pressure from the most powerful office in the world, the social media companies apparently complied. And remember this headline in 2021. So you're having the White House saying, hey, by the way, uh, most powerful in the office here calling, you, we need yeah. you to take out this bulk spreadsheet of people, take them off Twitter, take them off Facebook. And then Biden goes out and, you know, almost recklessly says this. Biden says platforms like Facebook are killing people with COVID misinformation. Remember that headline. So That's amazing. Picture, and remember, we had the emails afterwards. They basically, Facebook said, whoa, what was that? Like, could you please have this guy back off, essentially? Really amazing. I mean, those are. I mean, those are statements that are so defamatory. If made by anybody else, you know, if you said the company's killing people, um, what are the protections around a president? When I think about all the things that he sort of said, accusations that are being made, uh, can you sue a president for defamation? Uh, they have. Uh, they have a, a very high degree of immunity from all kinds of suit while they're sitting in the office, and and there's all kinds of protected speech. Uh, when, when it's including members of Congress, uh, judges, and so forth. So um, typically, no. It's really incredible when we think. I mean, I and we've been saying it from the beginning. The First Amendment, you know, your right to free speech, is 
like the most important part of what it means to be an American. I would say it's the one, if there was the one thing you traveled around the world and spoke to other people in other nations, it's the thing they envy the most. The ability to just publicly state and say what you believe to give your perspective on something. And to have that, to have an administration that sought to end that practice, to end the literally the pillar of liberty and freedom in America. It's, it's, uh, it's sadly the go-to when you look at the long arch of history of authoritarians, thugs, bullies, dictators. When they can't convince you on the merits, this is the type of conduct they engage in. Censorship, bullying, coercion, mandates, and so forth. And that's unfortunately what we saw our government starting to do. And thankfully, we have a federal judge, and, and, and to the credit of the three branches of government yeah. that were set up in this country, you have a federal judge who can tell the entire executive government, branch of the government, stop. You can no longer engage in this type of conduct. And, I, and there were reports, I think you said it earlier, meetings now between federal government officials and social media companies are now being canceled. Yeah. That right. were scheduled to be going, to going on. And, and they, it, but they're appealing, aren't they? I mean, like, yeah, it's unbelievable. It's not bad enough. Like, you lost. Right. You've been you're told by a judge it's unconstitutional. They're like, we have to have this power. Immediately. You can't take this away from us. Immediately, the Biden administration appealed. Biden administration asked appeals court to block order, limiting its contacts with social media. Judge then rejected that, the Justice Department's request to pause that. And what did that do? The State Department immediately had to start canceling its weekly meetings. We have meetings. censorship that needs to happen today. <laughs> we need meet, we have we our have meetings. We have got to stay on this. You cannot interfere with our censorship right now. Exactly. We have a very important mission going on here. Yeah, yeah. Outrageous. That's what it's outrageous. Yeah. And, and when we look at it, Aaron, we, you know, when we look at COVID, so many of the things we were forced to do, and, we, and we, look, we were screaming from the, the mountaintop here on the high wire, don't comply. You know, don't go with an illegal law. We're, we're breaking our own constitution. We're breaking our own laws by going along with this. So many of the things have come crashing down in courtrooms, whether it was masking on airplanes or, you know, some of the cases that we've been involved in. Uh, many of the, the vaccine mandates, I think, except for what was it, healthcare workers, those vaccine mandates were ruled unconstitutional. I mean, there's a, there's a real trail of destruction to authoritarianism by our court system. Our court systems are actually coming around on this pretty strong. Uh, they, they've, uh, there have been a number of good decisions and um, you know, I think that uh, there's more that could have been done. I will yeah. say that and there's a, a recent Supreme Court decision. Judge Gorsuch of the US Supreme Court actually wrote a decision where he rails against um, judges across the country of federal and state courts for not doing enough, for not protecting the rights of individuals when they were being locked in their homes, forced to take products, wear products, do things they didn't want to do. Um, and, and I hope Judge Gorsuch's decision stands as a, as a reminder to judges the next time this happens to act more quickly, swiftly, and decisively to stop executive overreach at every level, federal, state, local. Wow, what, what was it exactly you said? I mean, was the... Yeah, he said this was the, the largest intrusion on civil liberties in peacetime America, perhaps ever. Wow. That was his, that was his statement. And it was one of the most, uh, you know, Aaron had sent it to me. He's like, you got to look at this thing. It was wow. one of the most important uh, pieces I've ever read from a judge. It, it, you know, when we look back at the, the we'll call it the Biden administration's COVID response, how, how, was it constitutional? How unconstitutional was it? Well, after the fact, the judges and the courts really started to show you by their decisions. And even, we're gonna go through some headlines here, as you said, yeah, Aaron, this may not even have been enough because they could have done more. So we have here, um, just as the Head Start program, remember that was the program for, for disadvantaged kids. This is the Judge Block's COVID vaccine mandate for Head Start program. Then we have the Navy, Judge Block's Navy from enforcing COVID vaccine mandate against sailors with religious exemptions. Air Force, Cincinnati Federal Judge Block's Air Force, Air National Guard globally from discharging for religious vaccine refusers. Um, then San Diego, this was an ICANN funded lawsuit strikes down COVID-19 vaccine mandate for San Diego schools. We have yep. Judge Orders, NYPD, union members fired over vax mandate reinstated another one cdc mass mandate for planes trains no longer in effect after judge rules it unlawful this is another i can um, i can decision here in case you missed it 
ICANN-funded suit against OSHA vaccine mandate prevails, and on and on it goes. And on and on, and uh, you know, it just, first of all, Aaron, uh, the work that you've been doing for us, I feel like when you're sitting here, we're taking you out, like you're like Rapunzel in the tower, I've got you up there working <laughs> so hard. There's so many cases you guys are cranking out to, to great effect. Um, and we're right after Freedom Fest, we're going to go to Mississippi and celebrate the return of the religious exemption to Mississippi, which has been gone since 1979 because of the work uh, that you did for us. I mean, um, these are really, really incredible moments. Is there, is there hope here? Is there a hope that, you know, it, that the courts are going to get this country back on track or you're, are we, is it just a coin toss right now? I mean, what is your sense? You're out there in these courtrooms in America. Can we rely on the courts to pull us through? I'm incredibly hopeful. Yes. Because, oh, I'm incredibly hopeful. Look, not, not only do we have judges in many parts of this country who are very awake to the dangers of what's been occurring in terms of censorship, infringement on civil individual rights. You also have what effectively is the executive branch of various state governments recognizing that. Yeah. When you think about this mm -hmm. case, this was a case brought by two states against the federal government before a federal judge. I mean, this is government fighting government, basically, wow. to get back our rights. That is a very hopeful moment. That is a very hopeful. And, and, and that is, that is, uh, um, and, I, and, and we're seeing more and more of that. Um, I, I, you know, one of the cases you just showed, for example, was uh, the masks and on, uh, on airplanes, right? Yeah. Um, and there was a, a, you know, we brought two lawsuits, one on behalf of uh, somebody named Del Bigtree. That's right. I was really uh, getting pissed off having to wear the thing on the airplane. So we brought that suit. Our yeah. firm brought that on behalf of you against the CDC. And then we also brought another suit separately in a different district against 17 members of Congress. Rand Paul and a, and a whole bunch of others, and um, that's 17 members of Congress who are willing to put their names as plaintiffs on a federal lawsuit against the Center for Disease Control. Wow. That's not common. No. That doesn't happen often. That's, again, government stepping up to push back against government. And when you have people in the government who you know are seeing the problem, who are recognizing the problem. Yeah. That's a hopeful sign that things are moving right, and and willing to speak public about it and say the truth, like you read, Jeffrey, from that decision. Right, right, right. Well, you know, but I, just as we sort of wrap this all up, though, I still think you know we can try to elect better, you know, people that are speaking truth to power. We can get into courtrooms, but really, the power of the people, which is what we started this whole conversation about, right? I think when I think about the mask mandate on planes, one of the in some ways, one of the most conflicted feelings I've ever had is that day they finally lifted it and said, the judge has just ruled you don't have to wear your mask. And there's videos on social media yeah. of all these airplanes where the, the flight attendant says, you know, as of today, it's just been ruled you don't have to wear your mask. And like 95% of the people are like, woo, they throw their masks in the air and everybody was celebrating. There's usually like four or five of the people that kept their masks on, on the plane. And I just remember looking at that. At first, I was excited because I wasn't going to have to wear one. But I just thought about all those people that tore it off and threw it in the air in that moment and realized all those people were doing it just to comply. Right. You know, and I actually respect the four or five people that I would see in the picture still wearing it because they actually believed there was a virus they were hiding from and they thought that this, this thing did something. When 95% of America was just like, I always knew this was, you know, I just was going along. That's the problem in this country right now. The problem in America is we are not standing in our rights. We are not standing up as the people and saying, I'm not going to take that. I am going to refuse. I am going to, you know, rebel against illegal laws and, and the destruction of my constitutional rights, which, by the way, are not, these are not, you know, our Constitution, our Bill of Rights are not, you know, telling, you know, the government what they, they can do to us. It's what they can't do. Is it's, we are protected. We have rights by God. They're, those those laws are holding back the government, not holding us. And we will 
in that clip right there and finish up with some news in the last 10 minutes of Liberation Station Radio Show. Chris Steiner with you and your calls are welcome if you have anything important. Telephone lines 512-248-8652 and troll free 800 Here's some interesting news. Due to all the recent claims about possible nuclear wars, viruses, solar flares, and civil unrest, people are scrambling to prepare and stockpile food. But the one thing out of reach for many is an underground bunker. Until now. Because you can now have a 3D printed underground bunker in just one day. An excavator digs a hole in your backyard and 3D bunkers shows up in a small truck and sets up their 3D printer under a tent completely undetected. They can print as many rooms as you want at a fraction of the cost compared to traditional metal bunkers. 3D bunkers uses polymer concrete, which is five times stronger than regular cement. YouTube 3dbunkers.com and watch the video. The creators of 3D bunkers is looking for a business partner that can help bring this technology to the world. And we need to protect our way of life without living in fear. Contact Brad at 3dbunkers.com for more details or visit 3dbunkers.com. Hello, hello, hello from beautiful Colorado. My name is Samuel Jung and I am currently the lead Shilajee hunter and master herbalist for Colorado Shilajee Company. In this video series, I will be discussing what we believe is the greatest of all adaptogenic superfoods and the single greatest natural healing remedy gifted to us by Mother Earth. I think you too will become as excited by this incredible substance called Shilaji as we were and are after our discovery of this amazing gift right here in beautiful, colorful Colorado. You may already know Shilaji by other names. Shilajit, Momio, Momi, Mami, Mineral Pitch, Asphaltum, and others. Shilaji literally translates to destroyer of weakness and conqueror of mountains. Shilaji has been in use for thousands of years and is considered as the highest valued cure-all of any earthly substance. Look for the gold mountain and medical symbol logo in banners on republicbroadcasting.org to watch the full video and see more information. Use code GORBN when ordering. That's G-O-R-B-N. The secret to aging like fine wine is in the vines. Syrah grape seeds and skins contain high levels of flavonoids and resveratrol. Fermentation breaks these organic compounds down into smaller molecules, penetrating these therapeutic ingredients deeper into the skin, delivering faster and more effective results. Our handmade fermented skincare products are formulated with all natural ingredients and do not contain any phthalates or parabens. Similar products can cost as much as $180. At Natural Earth Medicine, we source our ingredients from local Arizona vineyards and cold process our oils to ensure that our customers receive the highest quality product in its purest form. Learn more at our website and try our fermented skincare products today. Visit naturalearthmedicine.com. That's naturalearthmedicine.com. tuning in to Liberation Station Radio Show, and uh, I was just informed that this will be the last show on Republic Broadcasting Network, uh, so uh, without any previous warning, I uh, have to let you know I'm giving you fond farewells, but uh, I'll continue the show. I had been planning to anyhow, even on the internet, now that I have this uh, restreaming platform, I can stream on eight platforms and get uh, so many more viewers, 8,000, pardon me, 1,000 viewers within uh, 24 hours is, is quite good, so I can focus on doing a, a better show all on my own where I can be responsible. Oh, I see. Uh, I can do next week's show. Okay, next week's show is the last show, I'm told. So I'm glad to do that. And um, <clears throat> and uh, let's get on to some other news here. Um, but uh, uh, this is a surprise to me, and if it's a surprise to you, you can uh, also give your feedback to RBN. And um, I'd like to uh, follow up on what uh, we were talking about for the whole show pretty much, and that is the banning of 
commentary on the, on the postings on the social networks, whole accounts, of course. So what do we do? Well, I would say just use it to your advantage to point out when you call in these progressive shows, talk show hosts, uh, progressive radio shows, the community-sponsored stations, which you can find by doing a, a web search, listen to them online, and just call, call in, and you can speak to thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people at the same time. Ask them, do you think the censorship is going to work out for you if you're going to talk about DeSantis, for instance, the radioactive roads that we all oppose? Uh, do you think this uh, banning is going to work out in the long run if you don't stand up now? right now, and, and point out what's going on. Uh, Dr. Rand, um, Rand Paul, yes, Dr. Rand Paul, Senator Rand Paul, introduced Senate Bill 61, the Combating Cartels on Social Media Act, and, and uh, it's using some of the verbiage that actually is in the, uh, in the Missouri judge's decision against Biden. Uh, so that's good news, and, uh, you know, these mosquitoes we covered at the start of the earlier in the first hour of mosquitoes being dropped on the Juneteenth celebration, the blacks, the Afram festival in Baltimore, Maryland last month. What were in those mosquitoes when the helicopter flying around and all of a sudden mosquitoes and bugs start biting people? Video we played with the helicopter, people starting to bite themselves, commentary of the videographer saying that well, we were having a good uh, a good time up until now. So, <laughs> what's going on here? Yeah, well, if you're afraid about Ron DeSantis setting up a state guard and all bullets, uh, you know, you're afraid of state guard like during the Civil War was last time they suppressed blacks. They're afraid it might happen again, despite there being 20 state guard. I'm not sure what the criticism is. Um, specifically, they've only mentioned the Guardian article and a uh, New York Times article stating unnamed sources veterans who were involved saying it's become too militant. So what about the actual small little uh, weapons, biological weapons being used against them, against us, mosquitoes? What is in them? What's in the shots? Oh, we don't know. Um, and uh, you know this is just gonna this is just gonna continue unless we stop it now. Um, something that uh, you know they're going to uh, they're not going to stop. Republicbroadcasting.org. Smash that donate button like Russian peacekeepers smashing through the Azov neo-Nazi terrorists in the Donbass. I don't think you can explain politics without looking at Jewish power any more than you can explain physics without dealing with gravity. 9-11 was a jointly conducted covert operation that involved multiple states, the Saudis, the Israelis, and what you could call the deep state in the cool United with States. anti-Semitic remarks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're jiggling juice, we used to say, yeah. The dancing Israelis. Uh, so even the Republicans now are compromising and they're pushing issues that are destructive to the white race. They would always say, like, are we just going to talk about this stuff on the radio? Like, what are we going to do about it? Either we force the democracy to work by actually getting the ballot access, getting the candidates, getting in office, getting our message out there to the people, or we expose just how undemocratic it is. The Patrick and Jeremy Show, Tuesday at 9 Central and Wednesday at 1 Central. You're listening to Real Talk Radio, only on the Republic Broadcasting Network. 